Hello and welcome. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time. If this is your first time joining us for One Off The Wood, I am your host, Andy, and I'm joined, as always, by your other host, Woz. Woz hey, buddy. Hey, mate. Woz finds himself in Perth on most occasions. I find myself in Sydney on most occasions. And given the current state of travel in the world, that's unlikely to change. But um, welcome to One Off The Wood, episode 37. We're going to have a bit of a froth out because Woz has been on a trip to the desert, to Red Bluff, which I was supposed to be on, but I didn't get to go on, and that's fine. But um, I'm on, yeah, I'm on the bit of the come down from the froth at the moment. It's day three of work. You know, the the holiday blues are setting in. You realise your life is um, not everything you want it to be. So I'm on, I'm in the. <laughs> hopefully, you can drag me back up again here because I'm halfway between it. The frothing on the surf holiday and the doldrums of reality. Although I've done myself a favour, I did my holiday um, holiday return set up to work. You know, make sure all your shirts are ironed, change the sheets on the bed, make it a smooth transition, clean the car, get ready. You know, yeah, fill it with fuel, we, all the good things. We talked about this once before on ad- adventures. You got to prepare for your for your return, almost like yeah. you're preparing the house for a guest to come and stay. But that guest is you in the future after being on holiday. Like, yeah, spot on. You just, you're really quite thankful to yourself for doing that. It's good, fresh little surprises. I always like that, especially on a plane trip when you come back and get in the car and it's full of fuel. You're like, yeah, this is all right. I've done okay. It's like a little <laughs> gift to yourself. Spend all your money on Coke and hookers and you know, like, at least the fuel tank's full. It's was fine. there much in the way of Coke and hookers up in um, Red Bluff? I've, I've never, never spent all my money on Coke and hookers, but um, certainly there are neither of those up there. Speaking um, of Coke and hookers, though, did you run into our other mate, Was, who was supposed to be up there with the family? Um, no, I didn't. We had a look around for him, and our, we had friends staying in his old shack yep. up there. there was, it was bloody busy, eh? Like, the proper... So many people there this year compared to all the other years that have been, and just a different vibe... Like full, we, we turn up to our shack and um, at like one o'clock or something, we'd gone fishing. We fucked around before we got there, and there's people still in our shack. I was like, "This, what the fuck is going on here?" We turn up and um, it's a bloody mate of mine, Stoop, who I used to work with in Victoria, and moved over to WA about eight years ago. And he's just like the most blase dude, just bounces through life and things work out for him. And he's like, "Oh, 10 a.m. checkout? Is that a thing? Is it?" I'm like. That's a fucking thing globally. Like everywhere you go, campsites, hotels, like hookers, mate. It's Airbnb. <laughs> everywhere. Oh, is that a checkout? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're just cooking breakfast. Oh. <laughs> Stoop. I vaguely remember meeting Stoop back in the day. I reckon you have met him, yeah. The camp trips and surf trips and stuff. So random though. What's like, the, do they clean like, the place out or you, you're expected to clean it yourself? Oh, they come and do a little sweep and make sure there's no rubbish left over. But, I mean, they're pretty bulletproof, so yeah. there's not so much you need to do. But, yeah, it just lucky it was him. I was ready to ready to rip in, but I was like, all right, mate. So At you least were, we got a little... What time did you guys arrive? Did you did you um, do the all-night drive or did you break it up 
because it was. Now we did. So after we did that last episode, which we'll go back to in a second, they um we we left about or we got up at three, packed the car, and then left just after four a.m. So it was real cruisy because those first five hours or four hours in the dark, you don't really feel like you're driving, and all of a sudden you're in yep. Jero, and then yeah, broke it up, did a stop uh, on the side of the road for firewood, like a real good one. Um, ripped out a few trees and uh, sorry dead trees just to clarify obviously firewood chopped them up to roof rack length poles and um, yeah strapped them on so we had fire firewood good bit out of firewood for the week so broke it up got there um, the night sort of hour before sunset and camped just on the cliffs near Quabba and then drove in the next day after a bit of fishing and stuff so it was a cruisy first day good to get there so you just camped close by and then, then went into yeah. to the shack that you'd booked at Red Bluff after that. Yeah, because Mo was super keen to do some fishing this year, like and check out a bunch of these other fishing spots that are south of Bluff. And it's like a an hour mission back down to that sort of region. So we kind of fluffed around. That was the idea of the day was to sort of suss out a few spots there. So we yeah just camped on the cliff at one of them, and then the next day walked down and um, yeah did a bit of fishing and then it was like it's pretty epic start there's like four cars at the bottom of this cliff and one bloke's like oh, i've never seen it this busy before it's fucking bullshit four cars and then um <laughs> next minute there's like blokes pulling 10 kilo mackies out of the water like all around us off um balloon baits and i was like fuck this place is mental <laughs> like welcome back to the northwest so it was pretty yeah pretty sick little intro sick did you guys catch anything um, not that day. We were a bit, bit late. We had lures, so no balloons, but, um, spot Garth's rock. Everyone knows it. I don't, are you allowed to blow out fishing spots like you surf spots? I don't think Probably so, not. but I'm not a fisherman, so I don't really give a shit. So oh, blow yeah, it, okay. blow it out. But I don't know. Cause we, we've talked about the secret camping spots that you don't want to blow out. You definitely don't yeah. want to blow out secret surf spots. Not that there's many of them left. Nah, well, it's not really a, um, they're not really secrets because they're even marked on Google Maps, like where sort of people go. But the, the fact that, you know, there's only four people there and he's this guy reckons it's the busiest he's seen it. And it's, you know, like blue sky, yep. low swell, low wind, you know, do you <laughs> think prime conditions. That it could have anything to do with the fact that fishing is fucking shit. I don't I don't reckon it is. <laughs> I reckon I reckon fishing's primal. Fishing's like Fishing gives you good vibes. It's just that if you're a shit fisherman, fishing sucks. And like if you're used to just pulling in flathead off Port Phillip Bay or like, you know, shitty shitty fishing like that. Like when you nail a big fish on the rod or you fight it properly or you work your ass off to get into a good spot. Like fishing's sick. It's so rewarding. And and that, that fully primal urge of like, yeah, I've caught dinner. Caught like dinner. I'm going to. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I just haven't. I haven't really been fishing since I was a kid and we used to have a boat and stuff in Tassie and we'd go out in the boat and fishing and love that and set the nets and things like that. But then then we got rid of the boat and I've just never gone fishing. It's probably with you once or twice and yeah, just mucking around, have not really doing it right. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a bit more thought in it this year. Good. So a little bit more success and some put in a bit more effort and found a few good spots. So I won't blow out the ones that are close to Red Bluff, but we've got a couple of um, eyes on a couple of really good spots now for like a snapper spot that's super close at high tide and um, a couple of other ones that are just like tailor like at a shopping mall pretty much. You just bag it out and every cast. So 
That's good. You weren't in That's the um good, good in the marine sanctuary like last year. Moo was trying to figure <laughs> out if he was in or out, and he was reading the map backwards. I think so. He's like fishing in the sanctuary. <laughs> Until <laughs> you realise that, oh, that's the, yeah, okay, the map's the other way around. <laughs> no, we weren't doing that. Um, it was, yeah, bloody sick little um, sick little trip there. And we tried to do this little catch-up halfway between but going up and seeing the goat people that we talked about last year. And I had a few runs up the cliff to chat with you, but things didn't work out. Yeah, I think the plan was there's a fire engine outside my window <laughs> you can hear that but um yeah we did have plans to try and get you to dial in from the goat people if you haven't like if you go back maybe 10 episodes or something we recorded one live from red bluff last year and i think we were probably at optimal froth levels um as far as we'd been surfing all week we'd probably drank a few beers for breakfast that day because we weren't surfing and then they just put a podcast together it's worth going back to have a listen but um yeah, well, you tried to call one because you don't get reception at Red Bluff unless you climb up to the top of the cliff where the goats live. But yeah, didn't really work out, did it? It wasn't that great. A, that was the plan, yeah, goat sacrifice. You, that was our joke, running joke from last year. If you want information, you've got to go and see the goat people yeah. up the top of the cliff, bring them a sacrifice, and they'll they'll give you a few bars of reception or, uh, you know, the information that you need. But yeah, obviously it didn't, didn't work didn't, out didn't too work. well. It was, it was enough. It was good though. I was in the middle of frothing, um, just angry old man surfer mode, and you'd been Wim Hoffing or something as well. So it was like I kind of got the gist of what you're saying. It sounded pretty sick. What you're up to? Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. Actually, because I'm trying to think what's got me frothing this week for the end of the episode. But that that'll be it. Right. So we'll say right. we'll hold on to that. But um, <laughs> yeah, you will. I was going to do some housekeeping, but let's save that for, for the end. Because you were like, seemed pretty grumpy for someone who was you know, living the desert life, fishing and surfing. What, what's got you <laughs> grumping uh, <laughs> at Red Bluff? <laughs> Man, well, so like last year we went up, I'd, I'd talked this place up so much um, to you over the last 15 years or something since I first went there. And it's... The desert life, people just fit in, you know, you get in the lineup with 10 people and it's pumping and you just, everybody just is, sits in the queue like it should be, like back in the day and, you know, you work your way to the front of the queue and it's your wave that comes next, doesn't matter who, how good a surfer you are or who's next in line, everyone's all got this etiquette and people that go up there for the first time, kind of, you suss that out and you fit in and you just, you just, you know, go with it and then when you get about 25 people in the water things kind of break down and one person doesn't follow the etiquette and then it's all over. And pretty much from the first moment I got there, like you could tell there was heaps of people that um, had, it was their first time to bluff, like someone paddling out from the beach, not even jumping off the keyhole. And then um, blokes just paddling in into the beach instead of coming in the keyhole. There was dudes in the lineup just all over the place, paddling straight up the inside, like every wave, just thinking everybody's sitting down the line as a kook and they're just like, go and sit right up the inside and then hassle you for waves, back up paddling everything. It's just the wrong vibe. And, and you could tell like the froth levels on them, like it was clearly their first time there. And I was just like, fuck, this isn't what I come to the desert for. And I was kind of prepared for it, like, you know, keen to do some fishing and a bit of bushcraft and, and fuck around. But yeah, I was just angry. And I'd, that morning, I think I dished out some... Um, I dished out a little bit of lineup love to to this one bloke in particular that ripped into him for just paddling straight up the inside. Yeah. And he just sat there with a tizzy, cracked the shits, put his hands on his hips, sat next to me. He's like, fine, I fucking sit here then. He's like, 
And then the set comes through. He starts paddling out. And he's like, oh, fucking go this one then. Come on, here's your charity. Oh, come and, come and fucking take off up here if you want another wave, though. And it's like, mate, it's not fucking Kira. And to be fair, the wave that come through was sick, so I got a, a bomb off him. But it was like, it just didn't, didn't get it. And, like, there was more stories of that going on. And anyway, I was real angry about it from... Uh, that sort of shit going on. But yeah, I think I'm transitioning to angry old man in the lineup at the moment. That's the position I'm going to take. You'd be happy a, with that. I, th- I, just, I think it's happening. The boards <laughs> are getting longer. I was riding like a 6.9, I think, at the time. And <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where I'm at. I don't want to surf with people. But no, look, and I think you, when we spoke the other day, you said that you actually found your way to the to a sunrise session where you turned up in the dark by accident and surfed by yourself before everyone else got there. That's yeah, the way it was to actually, do it. It was the same day because so I got up yeah, just been a bit frustrated the day before and then decided I was going to do the early sesh. So I set the alarm, got my shit together. It takes about 10 seconds to collect a wetsuit, grab a head torch and um, smashed a music bar and walked out to the point. And I was out there half an hour before sunrise. It's like completely dark. I couldn't see shit. So, so I was like full moon. So moon's already set. Like it was, it was pitch black. And I was like, fuck, so I'm just kind of cold, like jogging on the spot on the point, waiting for it to get light enough to paddle out. And I finally jumped out, jumped in like it's high tide. So there's waves washing through the keyhole. It's about five or six foot morning and got out there pretty freaky like fish life just booting out of the water everywhere like fins flashing in front of you and I when I first got out I was sitting too far inside that when the set came through the six foot and I was like oh shit I was miles caught inside so it's good to have some people out there so you can tell where that where you're supposed to sit yeah it's definitely the right amount of people so I got my line up off the rock and then as I'm feeling comfortable still no one's even walking out to the point so I've got ages before anyone's even coming and um, this fucking massive turtle just pops up next to me and scared the shit out of me. Like it was a, like a bed-sized turtle, pretty much. This thing with a head, half a basketball size. It was just like, made this weird noise, like a bit of a oh sort of thing. Like a, you know, snapped its mouth or something. And it bred and was just looking at me. I was like, fucking hell, what's going on, mate? <laughs> so pretty freaky, but managed to get four waves before the sun even came up. And it's like, you take off. And down the line is like directly towards the sun. So yeah, the hard, face of the wave just goes like this perfect sheet glass and like orange color glow. And oh man, it was sick. So That's, I, I was out there four waves to myself and yeah. I don't know if you need more than that. Like if you get oh. four good ones, to me that's like that's uh, especially if you get four good ones. Like you rarely get four set waves or four good waves. You almost need to call yeah. that and then not paddle back out unless it's, you know, onshore in the afternoon and there's no one out. And then you don't yeah. have to be the grumpy old man. Just be happy with um, with those four. <laughs> you reckon I was greedy? Well, I was out there till about 10 o'clock that day. So I did the long session and I went through the crowds and then it started to die off. And this bloke was still was back down to about 10 people out and he was still paddling up the inside. And I was like, fuck this guy. Like I've had enough. So this so, is that's the happened. same session that you crack the shits with this guy is that you were yeah. <laughs> getting pitted with turtles in the morning. So you've gone the full spectrum of, a, of yeah. human emotion from euphoria, living the dream to angry old man, grumpy at some yeah. guy. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, that was anyway. That was that was my, my what I was feeling, and it just wasn't the same. Like as predictably, it was going to be busy up there this year, and it is at the moment. Like this will come out um, pretty soon, and we, when we drove back, it was um, start first day of school holidays, and it was just flogged with people um, driving north. And like I think everyone's just got to understand, it's just one of those years. Like it's a busy year, and it'll be the busiest know, people, year, won't it? Because people oh, don't have a choice; they can't go to Bali, they can't go interstate. They can't go anywhere. Yeah. You either drive north or you drive south. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it definitely going to be flogged and like to be a bit more, you know, maybe a bit more considerate or just surf the dawny by yourself. But um, also there's a heaps of first timers going up there as well. Like Stoop's never been up there. He's just a barley rat. Loves it every year, one or two trips. And, you know, for the fact that he's up there for the first time, like he'll be back for sure. And That's a problem, isn't it? People are going to go for the first time. And they probably yeah it won't be the last time, but um yeah and as long as there's enough angry old men out there to you know make sure they pull their heads in in the lineup then yeah it's all good. How's the sea good. life in the in the morning and at night up there? Like it's oh, it's yeah. like nowhere else, isn't it? It's pretty crazy. Yeah, like whales jumping, you seeing sharks. There's a I was fishing in the just off the beach for Taylor, and this um grey nurse shark is like in the water. The, the little grommies are got a carcass of a Mackie on a rope trying to catch it trying to attract it in through the rip and sure enough it comes swims up and pretty much swam straight through my legs and they're like um excuse me sir there's a shark there I'm like fucking Jesus it was only like a metre and a half but it was a full size shark like, grey nurse <laughs> they're, they're not aggressive are they nah they're they're generally chillers because up here lately we've had big bait balls of salmon in Sydney and um yeah and they've been drifting through the surface because there's, there's these guys you should follow on Instagram actually called Drone Shark App. And they're down at the local here every morning flying drones and they spot sharks and whales and stuff and have got a good Instagram. But they've been following these bait balls drifting into the surfers um, surrounded by bronze whalers. Oh, yeah. But then I was like, I thought that bronze whalers were just like grey nurse sharks, nothing to worry about. So I had a bit of a Google, but... I think they actually have been known to attack. They're a bit more, um, a little bit grumpier than Grey Nurse, but but not the grumpiest sharks. Yeah, no, <laughs> sharks. I think up there, it's just like that. There's sharks everywhere. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good. Like you just you get in the water with them. Like they're so well fed. The amount of fish that you're pulling in and stuff. They they're not really chasing surfers. Yeah, mate. And yet again, a highlight of the trip, like um, that Dawny session was. Massive highlight for me, and like, yeah, absolute froth in it still. But, um, Moo's cooking again, like, he's the fish murderer, but Shout he, out he to came the fish through murderer the goods. <laughs> yeah, he's come through the goods again on um, pre cooking a bunch of meals and we just froze them up in the esky and pulled one out a night. Mate, it was it made life so easy. Like, you got a frozen food, so you're no stressing about it going off. And, um, when you fucked from surfing till dark or fishing or on a mission and you just get home throw it in the camp oven like boom boom dinner on he was talking about uh recipes back in march i think in the group chat it's like right boys what do you want to eat it's like it's three months away moo but um yeah he was definitely he definitely comes through with the goods for the campfire cooking did he make the uh the damper that he made last time well i I made all the damper this year so we did a little um did a little one dense damper as a tester and then i made a fruit loaf with like cranberries in it man that was really good like like really tasty fruit loaf 
that was a like um, snack. But we were on the breakfast every day, um, or the surf fish in the morning. Come back late breakfast of two eggs, two snags, and bacon. Yep. Like and and koopy, like champions breakfast, and then just eat dinner in the evening. Like it's almost places like that when you really realize how good like eating a keto diet or a high fat diet is yeah. not having to just punch snacks all day and you we'd just go straight through two meals like yeah. that was it massive breakfast at about early. 10 or 11 yeah go off and do your thing and then yeah massive dinner eat, <laughs> fill your guts with damper and <laughs> sleep like a log wake yeah. up go surfing yeah. did Moo yeah. last year Moo caught a few fish but he either gave them away or threw them back did you guys actually eat anything that you caught uh, we we only ate uh, a couple of Taylor on the last night because yep. we were just throwing fish back the whole time. We we were like we didn't give any way, but um, he caught hooked up a little baby GT dart, a um, bunch of Taylor. He hooked into a Mackie, but it didn't didn't land it. Um, got bitten off, mate. He was <laughs> he froths it so much. I was looking at him because like just like you and I will froth surfing and think about it and do weird surfing stuff like went out going surfing moves like okay back to the shack and he's there like testing out fishing knots <laughs> like he's tying he's tying his mono to his braid and then breaking the knots he's like oh yeah that's a good one yep and then he'll tie another one and break that one off <laughs> like, <laughs> so classic just so much froth for what's that desert yes. time as well where you've got literally every minute of the day to yourself so you can really go deep on things like that you don't have yeah to, there's nothing else really occupying like your mind clouded it's yeah it's not clouded with shit it's literally feed yourself go surfing and then you've got time to like you know do stuff that you couldn't put it to i, I like made a bloody spatula out of a solid bit of pine and a bunch of other stupid stuff and hollowed out like a you know harry's fire to fork um cookses those mugs yes timber ones i started making one of them it took me three days to hollow out like the cut part of it with a knife basically just using my knife as a chisel and then burnt some coals in the bottom of it and got it deeper and deeper and deeper. Like it literally took three days. Like who has the time to do that shit? Like when you're at home, but when you got the bush TV to watch and you know, some downtime between surfs or fishing, how's the best. How's the cup that you made? Is it up there with the quality that, um, that Harry provides? I still got to do the the outside and finish it off. But, um, mate, my spatula is pretty dope. We've got like a bush spoon made out of, a bit of driftwood and a shell and a bit of um, fishing rope just that I pulled apart and made into twine. And yeah, Should <laughs> should we sell them on our merch? Because our merch notoriously loses us money. How long does it take yeah. you to make a spatula? <laughs> should we start selling those for $5 each? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just see how bad Definitely. we can make this business model. It's like like crochet and beanies. You, you can't sell them. Every time I make someone a beanie, like, you should sell these. And it's like, yeah, well... I'm pretty much earning three dollars an hour, so <laughs> yeah. that's <Yeah>, flat. That. <laughs> not profitable. No, <laughs> thanks. It is. No, look, it was a sick trip. It was, it was, it was sick. I'm, I'm already itching to go back and like think about the next one. Fuck yeah! Did you go up to um, Nalu or um, whatever that other place in the middle there is, where they got the two yeah. waves from? The... Oh, Kelly's right. And, no, um, not that one. The where oh, there's turtles. a right and a left. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what's that place called? Good... That's sick. Is it's that secret? Turtles. Turtles. Yeah, so we had a first surf at Turtles, like it's a good one for a little intro, and then second, the last day that we surfed was Turtles, and it was um, all the pros are up there, like you imagine all um, Jacob Wilcox and yep. Felicity Palmatia, and we had a little bit of a laugh when she paddled out, and um, a couple of other 
Yeah, bunch of pros up there. But it's a funny thing, right? When we're surfing Slurf and everyone was, you know, dogging each other as they were. And then Jacob Wilcox and I don't know, the rest of his bloody mates with nose stickers on their boards all paddle out. Yeah. So everyone kind of got a bit fucked off and went in. But there's like 10 of them and us. But those guys like are used to surfing with 10 of their mates. So nobody hassles. Everyone sits and waits in line. So if you're not intimidated by them, like they're all freaks, you know, like making the stupidest barrels and then punting massive sections over reef. And it's like, I'm not going to do that. But if you sit in the middle of them, you know, you wait your turn, like it's your wave, you go and they yeah. don't, like they give it to you. No one back, back up paddles you or anything. So like, that was really cool. To it's the intimidation factor with, with people like that though, isn't it? It's like you, yeah. you, you can put yourself in the mix and probably get waves, but you just, it's, uh, you're not wanting to look like a retard. <laughs> Yeah, which I didn't... But if you get over that, you'd be laughing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But but yeah, sick sick little trip to Buff or or Pumped. I was trying to think what else we kind of got done, but it's like you're so busy without being busy. Yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. The days are full, pretty much. And that was a week. How long do you reckon you could do before you got sick of it? We talked about doing 10 days or something. There's this bloke up there um, we met who was camped next to us and he used to live in Indo. He'd been there 15 years, but he's decided because of what's going on to move back. So he's on ScoMo's money and he's just been there a month and he's like, oh, we gave him a bunch of like um, water when we left. We just filled up his jerry cans for him with what we had. And he's like, yeah, I don't really, you know, we're still getting ScoMo's money. So there's no really reason to leave. I don't think we've got a good spot. (laughs) Like, yeah. fuck yeah, that guy. Um, and I reckon I reckon two weeks will be good. It just depends what swell you get. Like, Does it though? What? Yeah. Because I was thinking about that the other day. And most surf trips for me, especially these days, like the surf is almost just an, a bonus to it. Like if I went to Red Bluff and spent a week and we got one day of good surf, there's plenty of other ways to keep yourself busy. Like you say, busy doing nothing. I think yeah. if you treat surf trips like a trip with surfing as a bonus, you're probably less likely to be the grumpy old local and just more likely to really enjoy it. Yeah, which is kind of the attitude I tried to go in with this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still ended up blowing me fucking leader. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. In the farm, it's hard. This, this bloke had, he's like, oh, I can't, it's, it's going to sound so bad, but he had like long hair, he's, he had a beard and he, and I was like, someone's like, oh, it's just like a long haired version of you, which was probably just me back in the day. Yep. And I was like, fuck off. Is it like a built dude as well? Anyway, he had this like nose ring, like, like set up like a bull, you know, a bull yeah. ring through the nose. I don't yeah. know what they're called. Frank. Oh, we were like, oh, I just kept calling him the farmyard pig, like the fucking farm animal. Go back to the fucking, just kept ripping on him for that. And the boy's like, oh, you don't know, he's, he's a nice guy. He offered to fix my board when I dinged it. I'm like, nah, he's a dickhead. Um, <laughs> you are turning was, into a grumpy cunt. Like, look, if you're going to have a nose ring like that, you kind of... Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, where, what's fair game to take the piss out of people? Like, he's done that to himself. So that's fair game, I reckon, to for me to shred him for. Without like being to offensive or... or with, you know, without fear correct. of offending people, what can you take the piss out of them for? Yeah, like if you're wearing a t-shirt that I think's shit, then that's fair game because you've chosen to wear it and you probably think it's good, so you're going to back it. Yeah, 
So that's fine if it's if it's you and me. So you could say Andy shit t-shirt. Um, yeah. And I'll be like, ha ha, yep. Um, but if it's just someone that you don't know and you tell them they've got a shit t-shirt, is that fair game or should you just really leave them alone and not take the piss out of people you don't really well, like, know? Well, I don't think you should take the piss out of people really you don't know anyway. <laughs> but I'm just like, what? What's, it made us think, well, what's fair game? Like for I think if you, all right, let's assume you're, you're in clothing. a social situation where you've gotten to know each other. So every, so then things are on the table. Yeah. To take the piss. So, can you take the piss out of their religion? See, oh, oh, fuck. That's depends on the religion, maybe. Maybe depends on the religion, and like that's you got to be in the inner circle there. You know, like if someone (laughs) takes a good Jewish joke, well, you know, then you know. I think the Jewish people are the the most likely to take a joke well from the ones I know. Yeah, Um, I agree. Agree. So Catholics, maybe? I think you can drop uh, in something about <laughs> kitty fiddling. Definitely, you'd have to. What? Yeah, yeah, they'd they'd have to. But then deep down, you know, they're still going to be kind of offended because it's. I, I don't know. I, I think the they can't be offended. They, they just got to wear that one. It's like, yep, <laughs> <laughs> we have rooted a lot of kids. <laughs> what? What about haircuts? Haircuts, definitely. Yep. Definitely a haircut. Well, hang You've on. Done that but here's yourself. the thing about haircuts. Like, if you choose to get a haircut and it's shit, yeah. yep, fair yeah. game. But I, I haven't got much hair on my head. Uh, People, boldness. I get the mm. piss taken out of me a lot for that. But it's really yeah, not fair. If I had a different physical attribute that I couldn't control, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, a lazy eye, <laughs> then it would not be okay to point out my lazy eye and make fun of it. But for some reason, okay. <laughs> bald guys. A fair game. It's fine. I think it's fine. From a from a balding person, I feel <laughs> like um, I feel like my shredding of the bald people is I'm just trying to get it out while I can, while it, I'm not on the other end of it. Yeah, you know? like while I still can dish it. Yep. So I'll be there one day if you. But like you know, being fat, being ugly, like I said, maybe in and a lazy eye, no good on the no good list. Things you didn't choose. Having diabetes? <laughs> yeah, type two, yes. Type one, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. oh, the obvious one, you can't take the piss out of people for the colour of their skin. But then redheads. Oh, see, I, I think redheads, I don't think you should be able to take the piss out of redheads. It's, I think they cop too much shit. They cop shit because they're, they're a minority. They, they are. seem to be fair game. They can't help it. Like they, the ginger chat is, yeah, it's rough. It's a fine, they, they've got away. I reckon they're the next frontier. Yeah, because like, we've gone through gay people. It's now all good. You can get married, whatever. Racism, we we keep coming back to, but everyone knows it's wrong. Yeah. So the next big hashtag will be. Gingers. gingers, lay off the gingers. Yep. Yeah. I'll get behind that one. I'll be I'll be front line on that because I, th- um, I think they get a bad rap. Here's a dividing one, tattoos. I was thinking tats. Yes, definitely. You can definitely take the piss out of people for their tattoos. Okay. Life, it's, I, I see like a big sleeve tattoo as like a T-shirt that you put on because you really liked it. Like I've been guilty of wearing the same T-shirt every day because I liked it. But it's like, and then, you know, maybe in 10 years, you won't like that T-shirt. But with the tattoo, it's like still wearing that T-shirt, aren't you, mate? It's rough though, because if you take the piss out of someone for their tat, 
it's something that obviously meant or means a lot to them and there's nothing they can do about it. So it's like it is a it's yeah. a deep crack that you're having at them. You, but I still think it's fair heart. game. Yeah, they're wearing their heart on their sleeve, yeah. literally. Like, yeah. you know, they've got it out there and you're just chopping it down. So maybe they should be they're brave for doing that, but maybe they're a dickhead for doing that as well. They're wearing their heart on their tribal sleeve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's there's definitely lines there. I just don't... I'm not quite sure where they stand. No. And it's all relative to how well you know someone. If you know someone really well, then everything's on the table. Race, religion, sex, tattoos, limps, lazy eyes. You can... It's all fair game if you know someone really well. But, yeah. All right. That's good. Don't you think? Yeah. No, look, I I definitely do. I mean... um, (laughs) Yeah, I just just thinking of an incident that might have gone down in a different way that happened in St Kilda. I don't want to talk about on this podcast, but um, not at this time of the world in 2020. No. Um, but when we were living together in St Kilda. Um, and that might have gone down differently if I knew that person better. If you knew him better, yeah. I remember, mm. yeah, we shouldn't... It's a, it's a, no, it was, it's it was, a famous yeah. incident but between you and I. I don't think anyone else knows of it. I think no, it was a slip but, of the tongue by you. But um, definitely didn't go down very well. Yeah, it wasn't intended to be a joke, but could have been no, covered. You anyway, were trying to be let's nice. Let's move on. Anyway, <laughs> please. Uh, trying to be nice. Oh dear. <laughs> oh fucking hell. Um, that's uh, speaking of dear. Did you say oh dear? I said oh dear. A, yeah. <laughs> oh good. Yeah. No, no. Speaking of dear. Um, see, I told you we're getting good at this podcast thing. So, Great segues. Is this a segue? Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, segways have been actually banned. Did you know that? The riding on thing. Sorry, I was second segwayed. I've double tangented. Um, back to the deer. Um, the, <laughs> we were getting in the car on the way back from the bluff, listening to a bit of Rogan. There's that episode with Jordan Jonas where, who's the guy who won like, um, you know, a hundred days alone in the bush oh, or something yeah. like yep. that in Siberia. Um, and he, and it was just a really good episode to listen to after spending time in the bush and, he goes and lives with these Avenki people who are basically are reindeer herders, nomadic reindeer herders, and they cruise around, um, you know, living off these reindeer. So they've got a herd and they'll eat one if they need to, but they ride them, they use their felt, they eat their bloody antler fur or whatever it is. And, like, he sort of said something. We weren't really listening, just cruising down the road. And he said, he's like, man, these people, like, they're so happy in there and he's like your body is like literally wired to be nomadic and live with these people he's like the dopamine receptors and everything like you catch a fish and you're like hooting all day you're screaming and stuff like that and it was just like registered so hard after being in in the desert um you know kind of in the desert sort of thing and it's like all your life is is to feed yourself and you get this massive dopamine hit when you you know cooked a good damper and i was pumped about it like you know, you start a fire and it feels good and you just want to stare at it and drawn to it and catching fish and being fit and doing these things. You don't realize like how happy you are about it. And then, you know, these Avenki tribes, they, they don't have any depression. No one's on drugs. Like there's no suicide. Like people are really happy and it's just like all this other bullshit that we've replaced, you know, our dopamine hits with like by getting a like on Instagram or touching your phone or, you know, all this other crap. And like that's where we get our dopamine from, and it just hurts us so bad. I was like, "Fuck, man, this guy's so on point." Yeah, because I think it's real good. I I listened to that one too, actually, because they were sort of saying that 
the nomadic people that he lived with, yeah, all super happy and and you're wired to live like that. But then you go into the towns and the towns are just an absolute shit show of alcoholism yeah. and depression and badness. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, because they're the people with the, you know, money or extra, I don't know, this shit. And it was quite open, he said, to the, um, with these reindeer herders, like it was the kids at some point, you know, kind of like the Amish could go and, go and live like this, go and live and. uh, yeah. Um, if they wanted with these reindeer herders and get back in touch, which is like us going camping and going to do some desert time. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you got to try and tap into it in your life. Like, cause we can't all go and be reindeer herders. It's hard. It's not many, you know, it's not mm. a, we could, we could, you could probably head to the desert and herd camels cause there's fuckloads of them out there, but like, it's yeah. a big call to say that we're going to do that, but just like, is it right? Try, <laughs> try and incorporate some of that into your life even your city life like i think just like yeah you know even just going for a hike going for a surf whatever just trying to trying to tap into the little things that make you happy not the not the other things around work and and buying shit and stuff like that we we sort of spitballed an idea of just doing a camp trip for no reason like um we get got back like we and i like we'll get a few people g'd up just to go to um, you know, whether it's power lines track or dwelling up or something down here, just to have a big campfire Yep. Um, with a bunch of people and, you know, cook up some good food for literally no reason. Like we always go away with an agenda or something, but, you know, it's winter camping, just keep warm and have a bit of a sick time. But yeah, that kind of got me, got me buzzed enough to get, get back to Perth and go to work the next day. Yeah. Sounds like there's a... No reason not to just go camping for the sake of camping. Yeah, you're right. I'd never do that. It's always yeah, a surf or a ski or a something, hike, whatever. Yeah. I think I find if you go camping to go camping, you're generally just going to get on the piss heavily. <laughs> Which That's what the, generally know, happens. It's not such a bad thing as long as you leave your phone in the car. Like, and, yeah, yep. It's fine. Just a few tins, <laughs> a few tins bush chocks, as long as it's yeah. mid-strength by the fire, as long as you know, don't overdo it. Getting in touch with nature. Exactly. Sick. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all the best. Um, yeah. Uh, have you got anything else, mate? What have, what have you been up to? What have I been up to? Yeah. Well, tell us about... Because um, you did. You told me briefly when I was up hanging out with the goat people. Tell us about why you couldn't do the podcast with us that first night. The first what night? What have you been up to? Um, fuck, I don't know. Oh, you, you tell oh, me why. This is you frothing, too. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell. I can't remember. <laughs> the, um, you went and did ice baths. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. No. Did you want so, to save um, that? Yeah. So, we, Mel and I had signed up for this breathing course through this guy that, that Mel knows. He's a guy from Bondi Rescue, I think. Um, and he does breathing. He's like, a, he's gone to Poland and trained with Wim. So, he's like yep. the, the Wim Hof expert. Uh, so we did like this it was during COVID so it was like five weeks one hour uh, every Tuesday and just learnt like different breathing techniques and, and a lot of Wim Hof stuff and we did some like pretty hectic Wim Hof breathing where you're fully tripping balls by the end of it like we did we did this one you know the Wim Hof breathing you're sort of hyperventilating then you're holding your breath yeah. and um, and you do like multiple rounds of it we did like four rounds and then um you pump out as many push-ups as you can during the breath hold and then lay back down and continue holding your breath. Jesus. 
man, like I've, I literally felt like I sunk into the floor. It was really trippy. <laughs> but anyway, the um, the last day we went to their their house in um, Bronte down the road here and um, yeah, did like a whole bunch of Wim Hof, Hof breathing um, and then jumped in the ice bath that they had there. And um, yeah, it was sick. It was really good. Makes it full on though, like. I don't know. Have you ever been in an ice bath up to your neck? It's um, no. It's quite. It's really weird. Like you jump in. I was like, oh. And the idea is that you could jump in. It's freezing. You control your breathing, so you you know so you don't have that that you know freak out response. It's just trying to keep yourself calm in a shit situation. And it feels really weird. But then, like a minute and a half into it, I just sort of got warm and felt quite relaxed. I mean, I don't know how long you'd stay in there. I think you die eventually, but um, yeah, it's yeah. it's funny that you control your breathing and then you're just like, yeah, it becomes like, yeah, it's okay in here. But then you jump out and I don't know if you've seen any of the Wim Hof movies, but he's got this crazy dance that he does where he's, <laughs> you got to check him out on Instagram or something because I've always seen the dance. I just thought it was his special dance. But apparently it's to warm up your, um, your internal organs so you're like, He's sort of swaying side to side and moving your arms side to side. It's quite funny. Like, Very hippie like stuff. E- eagle but, Piggle or something. But it, it no. fully warmed you up quickly, the dance. So Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. So, so the idea of doing this course, is this like a sort of a five weeks up skill and then kind of like a meditation or something, then you can go away and keep practicing? Yep. Is that the deal? Yeah, so that, I think they had a few different. One was to, to learn the Wim Hof method so you can you can do it yourself. Um, not that It's not that hard, to be honest. Um but they taught us a few different breathing techniques for meditation and for for other things. But then they're also big on on nose breathing. So like, what what's nose breathing? Yeah, like breathing through your nose all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, um, yeah. So it, apparently, it's it's way better for you. It, oh man, look, I'll, I'll I'll butcher the science, but it releases. Um, uh, I can't think of the chemical, but it, it's it's a better way to breathe. It breathes with your diaphragm. It filters the air. It releases certain chemicals. Um, so apparently, running and sleeping, exercising, breathing in and out through your nose is a way to do it. It's bloody hard though. Like I've been running, trying to breathe from my nose. It's really really difficult. But we did yeah. like mouth taping at night, so you tape your mouth up, so you have to breathe through your nose. You've been doing that. I have done it a few times, not every night. Just as a bit of it's pretty, just a bit of kink. Pretty kinky, yeah. <laughs> it's real kinky. <laughs> just like the ball, you've got you. You would have been alright. Just grab. The I, well, you had the no, ball next to the, the bed gag, anyway, yeah. so I just left it in yeah. all night. <laughs> you just had to. <laughs> just had to get a second one, just <laughs> so you could both have it. You should try it. Time. Like you, you just put a bit of um, sports tape vertically on your mouth. Yeah, and it forces you I've to breathe got- through your nose. So it actually puts you to sleep real quick because it slows your breathing down but then in the middle of the night tend to freak out a bit pull it off <laughs> what um do you so do you, you wouldn't snore then right because you you go on both ways through the nose or is this i think not- it's good for snoring yeah good for not snoring yeah yep fucking sounds pretty pretty trippy and you like using that sort of stuff as part of your meditation now or like doing it through yoga like you said you're doing it running trying to do it running um i've been i I mix it up yeah with a bit of wim hof every now and then for a meditate or just a just like you know 10 or 15 minutes of of uh just nose slow breathing for a meditation but yeah um yeah all right sick it's good 
I think you should uh, – yeah, the, this guy that was there had just been up in the Kosciuszko, some other guys doing the, the Wim Hof thing, and they go and climb Kosciuszko in shorts, no shirt, in the snow. <laughs> it's so mental. Like, if anyone's listening they haven't checked out Wim Hof, his videos, like, it sounds so mental, but it it – it fully works and like I've, it's always fits in with my theory of like I always got this thing like keep the keep the rig guessing like keep your body guessing you know you you and I as surfers you jump in cold water all the time or you yeah. you know in really hot conditions outside exercising you just get around it and do it but people live their lives in 22 degrees you know and don't scare themselves or train to do any of this shit and that's kind of what Wim Hof's all about and keeping your immune system ready to fight something off when it gets in something unusual like a bit of that sort of yeah. vibe to because it. Because they did a test on him. Basically, he did his breathing technique and they injected him with some some virus or some virus-like thing where it would make your body have an immune response. Um, and he, he was like, he basically just fought it off like no one else would and they just thought that he was a freak of nature. But he's like, nah, like I could train people to, to do the same thing. And then he trained up like 30 people did the same test and they were all able to do the same thing. So he's like kind of proven that you can control, I think it's called the innate immune system through your breathing. Whereas before that, people thought you had no control over that system in your body, but he's kind of proven that you can actually have control over it. It's pretty interesting in the time of coronavirus when, you know, our only answer is to find a vaccine or lock yourself in the house, but there's... There's so many things you can uh, do for your immune system and like yeah, there's like, nothing, like no one it. tells you. The government doesn't say, by the way, have you tried eating healthy, drinking water, exercising, doing these breathing techniques um, and staying at home? <laughs> yeah. But instead it's not, we're all going to stay inside until we find a vaccine. So, I don't think I've said it before, but it's funny how like people sort of, living in your, your own cave or your own house, people started getting back to normal froths. Like being in seen in public and going to the pub is being replaced with like cooking bread and being like, man, I just cooked bread. Like I could provide. This is amazing. And like everyone's trying to grow veggies and shit. And it's like, yeah, that that's like normal stuff. Like that's what you wired for your, your dopamine response. Like that's how, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's, like, a, it's, just, it's that thing you're talking <laughs> about, isn't it? That dopamine response cook yeah. make a loaf of bread grow a carrot or whatever yeah. yeah and get a kick out of it and like we've only been you know lazy fucks for the last not even like last 30 50 years or something i know you know my grandma was always cooking i remember being real young there'd always be something going on you know like she was always cooking they had a big veggie patch out the backyard like all that sort of stuff like that's what we drilled to do anyway we can harp on on that shit we're not fucking rogan but i know he's been going on about it Get some vitamin D, people. Vitamin D. Western That's Australia, right. mate. We have you. You've made it back to Sydney, right? Yeah, so, I went to. We went to Melbourne three weeks ago, but before it all kicked off, and we were there for two weeks because we had a car that we had to sell, and it was just starting to kick off, and we got out of there. I think two days before they started testing everyone at the airports, and then yeah, obviously now as of today, I think fully fully locked the borders. Everyone in Melbourne's on lockdown. For another six full, weeks. Full lockdown six weeks, man. Fuck. That was some serious timing. We actually... How good was um, the Pierce Brothers episode that we did? Um, yeah. That, well, it was out now. Man, I I listened to it again. And I don't listen to many of our podcasts these days, but it was so good. Like, those guys are just 
the all-time frothers. Um, it was it was a shame we couldn't like go for hours. And some someone said, "Oh, it would have been good to kind of hear about their story a bit more and who they are and this sort of stuff." It's like, man, you, they couldn't be stopped as soon as you hit record. Those two are just like, blah, 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 just yeah, I think riffing their heads. It'd off. be good to to get them again. I think we we kind of did cut it short actually because I think they both had early starts the next day. But um, there's definitely um, they definitely got got the skills for to do their own podcast but we'll we'll try and even just dial them in again at some point find out a bit more yeah. about yeah about their story that's a good point because we kind of just hit on a few random bits and pieces but it's a good episode go back and have a listen if you haven't heard it because they're they're legendary and there's some some funny stories like talking about <laughs> was he talking about smoking weed with the with a bongo drummer from Ben Harper losing his shit when the first time was supposed to go and meet one of their heroes. Hilarious. Yeah. Like some good good tour stories, yeah. a couple of cheeky date stories to um, those guys just buzzing on music and <laughs> cracking themselves up. Like, yeah, it was, it was real, real good value. But they stoked. I think they were chatting in that chat group just saying that they want to come on again. So that'd be sick. We'll definitely dial them in from all around the country because yeah they're now on lockdown for six weeks i think they're actually playing at cherry bar right now live on the internet is it on live now? Uh, it'll be I finished now it was at eight o'clock ah. tonight ah, so i think sick. it was supposed to be a proper show and then it slowly started becoming not a proper show because yeah but it looked like i was just saw on their instagram before they were, looked like they were actually at the cherry bar Sound checking. It was just going to be a um a live stream for the people. Very, so good. Very cool. Yeah. So good. Um, I got. Uh, you remember when we were bluff? Like we had all these. You have all these questions that you you need to ask the internet, and usually we just Google. But instead, you just keep debating them over and over because no one knows the answer. Yep. Yep. Like, we, we we thought we'd have more this trip, but we didn't have. We had um a couple. Is that because you know everything already, or? There. Wow, I don't know. Maybe because my mind was fogged with this farmyard fucking pig of a bloke surfing, I couldn't couldn't think outside my bubble. But I I want to see if you know the answers to them. If you were there, you could have figured it out for us. Okay. So the first one, pretty simple, AM and PM. What what does it stand for? So AM is after right. midnight. PM well, is pre midnight. Okay. Is it? <laughs> nah, nah, it's not. But that's a good shout. That's a good track. Good um. Close. Yeah. <laughs> what is- so, PM is post meridian, and AM is anti meridian meridian or like ant meridian, which means before. But same. That actually same doesn't make sense because meridian means midnight, but they've changed meridian to midday. I thought meridian was the center line around a, a globe. Yeah, so that's like the start. That's the start of the day and the end of the day. Yeah. But then they've made the start of the day mid, like, 12 noon. Oh, okay. So Well, it depends meridian. how you look at it. Because it, does it switch at 12 noon or does it switch at 12 midnight? It's only... Yeah, well, the date stays... The date changes at, at midnight. At midnight. Yeah. So that the so PM and AM don't actually make sense, but that's what they stand for. Maybe it was 
pretty convoluted answer to it. And the other one was FM and AM radio. Uh, FM and AM. Yeah. Uh, it's to do with the um, the bandwidth, isn't it? So something to do with the length of radio waves. Yeah. Yep. It's all about that. Any any clues? Uh, frequency. No, nah, I don't know. Um, I think. Fuck, I Did you not know? You can't ask me these fucking questions frequency, and not know. Like, I've got Google in front of me. <laughs> um, frequency modulation and and like amplitude modulation. Oh, so, I actually got one of the words right. It's modulation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So like AM radio waves and FM radio waves work in different ways. So one of them, fuck, this is going to be shit to explain on radio. But um, <laughs> one of we're them, on Wi-Fi the, anyway, aren't we? The wavelength is the same length, so one let's just call it one second is the actual wavelength. But the amplitude, so the height of that wave, yep. increases and decreases um, as you go. So whereas FM, it's the frequency modulation. So instead of each wavelength, they're all the same height, but they distance between become them. shorter so you might have a half a second quarter of a second then goes half three quarters one second so if, yeah, if so. you wanted really good surf would you prefer an am or an fm wave setup oh shit you want it you want um, high you waves want, that are long way apart so you want a bit of both don't you you want a bit of both probably an am setting for the waves but then the am goes further i don't know how and like AM radio bounces off clouds. Like if you're over in the desert and it's a real cloudy, low hanging cloud, full like stratus cloud like covered, yep. you can actually get radio stations that you wouldn't normally get when there's full blue sky because the radio waves bounce off the clouds, but FM radio waves don't do it. They like penetrate because they're shorter. Yeah. Anyway. And don't get me started on the 5G radio waves because they cause coronavirus. Well, 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 well. You know who thinks that is a couple of WA's um, royalty surfers, oh, Taj and Taj, Jack Taj, Robbo. Yeah. Their Instagram's full of five G conspiracy. Mm. Did you look into this? They kind of got a point, though. Do they? Well, their point is that, um, and I'm not on either That's side. That's all right. But Be on a side. It's fine. Their, their, their point is that. 5G radio waves or 5G hasn't been tested. So they can't say that it doesn't cause these things and they can't say that it has these negative health benefits. And we know like radio waves can be damaging to people at certain frequencies in in all sorts, whether it's an X-ray or what have you, like exposure to radiation. But they basically haven't tested it and then they're just rolling it out. They're like, yeah, it's better. It holds more data. It works boom, get it out there. So they're kind of, that's their argument. Yeah, but, but they're not saying But I that think they know the length these, of the, the radio waves that it's being used and know that it doesn't actually fuck with human cells. So whether it's not being tested but, at large scale. Yeah, it's, which is what I think if you, well, if you look yeah. into it, it's, it's no different than a lot of the other length of, because it's about the length of the, of the wave. Because if you get a length of wave that is the same as your cells, fucks with your shit and you get cancer. Yeah. Or melts you, I guess. But um, <laughs> like microwaves. <laughs> but yeah, look. Oh, look, we'll wait and see on that one. We'll wait and see. We can't. You can't fight it. Just, it's no point. 
You can fight it. You can cut cut them down. That's what they're doing in the UK. Cut down the towers. (laughs) Cut it down. Bring down Christopher Columbus and um, 5G towers. Just cut it all down. Anything above six foot. Tall poppy syndrome. The rest of the world's finally caught That's what this 5G thing is. It's tall poppy syndrome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just because my phone's going to have better data than yours. Yeah. Hey, um, another one from the list. Do your fingernails grow quicker when you're spending time outside? So like more vitamin D or sunshine? I thought they grew quicker in the tropics. Ah, warmer. Because every time I go away, like on a trip, like I chew my nails down. I don't cut them. They just, you know, keep, keep them in check. But like three days into this trip and I've got just massive fingernails like going on. And I reckon my hair grows real quick as well. So I don't know the answer to this one, but it was I, blowing my mind. I think the answer like, is that warmer weather makes your um, fingernails grow faster. Huh. So you headed there north, you so I reckon that's it. Because yeah. you go to I Bali, it's really yeah. you, yeah, they grow fast. Yeah. yeah, it was like thirty degrees. All right, well, we'll take that for a given. Uh, yeah, there weren't too many things on the, on the Google list. But that, no, they're um, good ones. They're no. good ones. The fingernail one, it could be that you get a bit more primal up there and you start growing. Claws. Yeah, so can... that's. I was kind of angling towards like more time outside. Like I kind of had a need for it, you know. Yeah. Like you digging holes, foraging. and fighting uh, wombats <laughs> or something. Fighting fucking blowins. Yeah. Fighting blowins, getting yeah. Yeah. Scratching their eyes out. Um, yeah, just. To, I've got a bar snack for you. Yeah, go on. Have you heard about this COVID rooter in Melbourne? <laughs> I I briefly heard about this today. I called a mate to see what was going on, and she's like very vocal and shredded the COVID router. But tell tell me what you know, because you probably know more. I don't than know me. heaps. Like as per usual, I know the the bare minimum to get a laugh out of it. But <laughs> they, there's the COVID hotels where the international returns people are staying, and apparently there's a security guard. Look, and apparently he's been sleeping with one or more of the um the the people on the lockdown and then he's gone and spread spread it to the community and they reckon he's like the I'm saying he but I think it's he he's like the super carrier because he's been yeah. banging all the um the COVID patients in the in the hotel he must be a fair rooster this oh time. my god he must be, have to be good looking <laughs> although two weeks you know in lockdown you get back to Australia I mean you know you're seeing nobody else he, no matter what he looks like he's gonna start looking pretty good after. After week two. Yeah, and he's probably the only one they're seeing. He's maybe bringing the meals up. He starts yeah. to have a bit of an affinity. Yeah, yeah. He's the provider. Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> he's just got a bunch of people captive pretty much, hasn't yep. he? I'm all for it. I think good on him. Um, yeah. For, for getting out there. Um, you can't you can't really hold it against him for, for trying to get a bit of nookie while he's on the clock. No, you, you can't hold it against him, even though most of them did. My, my mate um, had a little bit more of a conspiracy sort of spin on it, but um, pretty much saying that they'd the strain of coronavirus that, you know, it's mutated, but this, this particular strain that of this recent outbreak can be directly tracked down to this one source. Like it's a new, you know, it's a certain mutation of the virus, so they're sure that it is this one rooting bloke and um, potentially he may have, been doing this and then his family all came around for a religious holiday um at around the same time you know from around victoria and then have all 
return to their places of residence and um, yeah, spread it that way. So hence all the hotspots, family and friends. So look, that was, you know, there's no, may not be any truth in it, but. I, I, I uh, personally think that was bullshit. Like. The King Rota. I don't <laughs> think there's a King Rota. I reckon they're just grasping at straws. Like at the end of the day, it's, it's floating around in the air. It's pretty hard to, to control it. People definitely stopped giving a shit. I mean, over here, we're living in, in Pleasureville. West is best. Never been any truer because, you know, like the streams of people going north. I just drove a thousand k's north to some warm weather yep. because it's winter. You know what right, though? Mate. When we like Sydney was has been pretty loose for probably the last month. Like everyone's getting back out and about, and no one's too worried about you know being close to someone at the supermarket or walking past someone in the street. Melbourne seemed a lot tighter when I went down there before it. Like it seemed like they were on a lot more on edge and a lot more careful. So it's quite surprising that it blew up down there, because it definitely seemed like Sydney was the place that it should blow up again. Just a bit unlucky, maybe. You never know. You never know. Anyway, you know. I'm off it. I'm off the whole thing. I can just let it run, run rampant, and uh, see it the other side if you make it. Um, hey, do you want to know my invention of the trip as well? Sure, I do. Invention of the trip. So the flyproof stubby holder, you know, your very normal stubby holder. It sits there, the top of the can showing. Flies just straight around the can. Yep. I've got one fly in the beer, you know, it's fine. I'll just pour the beer into a cup and drink it. But you grab your stubby holder when the flies are everywhere, like maniacs, and you just turn it upside down and stick it on top of your beer. And then your beer's sitting there, no worries. It's keeping cold. The same amount of can is in the stubby holder. Yep. In fact, there's no surface area, no heat getting in the top of it. And then you just pull it off when you want to drink it. Boom. Okay. No worries. Can stays cold and fly proof. Is this something that we need to actually um, yes, engineer? Because I'm thinking you're, you're onto it. The problem is you've got to take it off to have a drink. I'm yep. thinking it's a flap or a Velcro flap. On the top. I'm think, I reckon the standard stubby holder, right? It's the one off the wood ones that we've got, you know, triple stitched on either side with the base in it. Yep. You put it on upside down as it is, and then you just don't pull it all the way down. But that top flap is only stitched on by, you know, 10 degrees of the circle sort of yep. thing. So what, then you just pull it down. It The the flap, the bottom ass end of it flips over. You can drink out of it, and then you just slide it up again. And, of course, it flips back into place. Yep. Because it doesn't need to be held in, like it's not going to blow off or anything, and it just that, no, just that sort of thing. So but almost if you made the stubby holder just a little bit longer than a can, so yeah. then it would have the perfect amount hanging out. Oh, how do you drink out of it though? That's what I mean. With so you bit- have the ass end open, so you just put slide it down and slide it up again. You push it from the bottom. I think so. No bottom. I, th- I hear what you're saying, but I think if people are going to buy into this, we need to make it simpler. You need it. It needs to be straight to the mouth, not pulling things up and down okay well, little like little little flip button little, little um pull back lid kind of thing like I'm trying to think what has um oh, kind of you know like a zippo lighter so you just flip yeah, the lid back the whole top bit yeah the half the top little section that, 10 that or could 20 work mil and we could actually do that with the stubby holders we've got we just cut the top end around yeah. and leave a bit and we could probably charge double the price for them 
Fuck, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to make one. Should you do? Have you, I've got none left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a couple left. I'll, I'll make one. I'll make it. I'll even put it on through the sewing machine, stitch it up, and the fly-proof stubby yeah, holder. And they'll and be $30 a pop because they're fly-proof. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> the Wandy pub sent me it. a stubby holder. I'll do it to theirs. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> Um, oh shit yeah yeah that's good alright I'll put whack that on the list the fly proof stubby holder that was one invention hey, from the trip if you're anyway. listening and you're in the desert on a holiday in a school holidays let's see your fly proof stubby holder make it yourself so you got to cut what do you reckon a centimetre down from the top yeah cut around maybe even maybe two yeah yeah, yeah. cut around leave the back bit where the stitching is so you can open it ups and down wear it upside down on the can pull it up have your drink, put it back down. Keeps flies. It keeps like bees out too. Bees like a beer. Safety first. Bees love a tin. Yeah. You know what else Amy's it keeps out? Definitely 100% of the time. Coronavirus. Well, yes. So it's actually coronavirus proof. So we could probably charge $50 for it if we market it that way. We could get a government subsidy on this. I think this we could. For we sure. get a grant. It's almost a vaccine. Yeah. It's like pretty, podcasters yeah, working on coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing's subsidized. It's genius. We've got to start working the system more. I'm, I'm guilty of working none of the system during this no. coronavirus, apart from taking the piss. Actually, that's not true. I did live in Margaret River for two months. Um, yeah, I think so. you worked the system slightly. We could work the system, say, look, this is a, one off the wood is a business. We're not able to do business. We need that ScoMo money. And how many employees have we got? It's like 150. Uh, yeah, Patreons. Sign up. <laughs> so if you want to get on the uh, the one off the wood employee racket and get yourself that sweet ScoMo money, let us know. We'll sort you out. We're here for the people. Yeah. Can I? Have you got any bar snacks for us, Was? Um, not really. I've kind of um, you know frothed out pretty much on. Um, yeah, on everything. Oh, you did because you sent me one in the phone the other day. Oh, did I? What was it? It was. Oh yes. So yeah. Thailand's coconut industry is under fire for slave labour, but not human slave labour. Apparently, they use monkeys to pick the coconuts, and like uh, activists have said, this is not on. You shouldn't have monkeys doing. Yeah, the UK banned their products from the shelves, like monkey. Um... What was the word to it? Monkey labor or it's something? It's monkey labor, yeah. The ethical treatment of animals have declared coconut harvesting by macaque. <laughs> macaque monkeys. Macaque. 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 Yeah. The, yeah, so look, I, I saw this article and I was like, oh, that seems pretty legit. But then I thought about it. Like, people are very quickly going to jump on this. Oh, that's wrong. You can't use animals to harvest food for us I was like hang on a minute but you can get a horse or a bullock to pull a plow or you can round up cows with horses or we can use a sheep dog or we can eat cows you know so like we, these these monkeys are given a life and a job you know they've got they live in the American dream or yeah. the Thai dream but we use animals for all sorts of shit I think the, the fact that farm. you can have cows that you use for their meat so you basically it's labor because they're growing the meat, right? Yeah. For us. Yeah. And then we eat it. Yeah. So the monkeys are getting a good deal. And like, you're right, horse racing. Like, oh, yeah. But even worse than that, like dairy cows, 
And look, I love dairy. I love cheese. But dairy cows are just kept constantly pregnant so that their teats just lactating constantly. Yep. And we can have milk. And you, and like somehow... Respect to the dairy these, cows for the sacrifice that they make for us. So yeah, 100%. I think monkeys should be put to work in diff- in more industries than just the coconut industry. They're smart enough. Like, you know, they... Start giving them a wage, like in, just in, instead of calling it slave labor, you know, start paying these monkeys money, and they can, you know, start if they want to fit in, learn to spend the money. You know, it'll be like going to school. You, you paying teach them money, paying them bananas. Okay, so what this is to be offensive was, what jobs yeah. out there that people do now do you think oh. are most likely to be achievable by a monkey? Um, the people that check tickets at the train station. Do people do that? I thought that's machines it, now. Nah, because you've got Mikey and you've got these... Like, there's people in Perth. We still have paper tickets rocking around. Okay. But the people check the tickets. So, the monkeys. Monkey yeah. could do And that. I'd be yep. scared, more scared of a monkey um, who can't go to jail for tearing strips off you. Um, yeah. Then- what about just the the person that looks over the self-checkouts? Oh, oh yeah. you gotta you gotta yeah, swipe no, the card useful, though. I don't though. know if a monkey could swipe the card when it goes wrong. But yeah, as far as providing equal to... security to what they provide, I think definitely. Yeah. What about shelf stacking? They're probably better at unstacking. No, nah, yeah, they shelves. can unstack shelves. I don't think they're gonna stack shelves. Demolition. I've stacked shelves. Yeah. It's the worst job. It's not easy. Monkeys couldn't do it because the stuff never fits <laughs> where it's supposed to go. Oh right. Then you gotta move. Things. You gotta so then you gotta improvise. And I don't know if monkeys are gonna. What about international well, currency exchange? Yeah, I reckon they could do that. Surely. <laughs> Just take... take uh, uh, yeah, AI monkeys. They might need a little help for that yep. one. Dog walking, babysitting? Babysitting, definitely. Dog walking, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, jockeys. Like We could put a jockey on the dogs, on the greyhounds, and they might be able to run quicker. That I would pay good money to see monkey jockeys riding greyhounds. Yeah. Okay, that's a sport definitely. that I could get right behind. Yeah, combination animal <laughs> sports. Double cruelty. Actually, I just watched Jim Jeffries put out a Netflix uh, stand-up special yesterday and he's got a bit about whether you should test on animals and he's quite for it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not against it. Like, why are they getting uppity about these monkeys? Like, they use... um. They use pigs and Labradors to sniff for truffles. Like, if that's not the the rich man's bloody tucker, you know, they, they're literally making these dogs, you know, sniffer dogs at the airport. Yep. Oh, you, you've got a collar. You know, these monkeys have collars around their necks. So do the fucking dogs at the truffle farm or the dogs at the airport that are sniffing for cocaine that don't... They love cocaine, but they don't even get the cocaine they, when they find the cocaine. They get, like, a schmacko. It's like, I don't want a schmacko. Yeah. I want... I want the smack. I want the schmack. <laughs> yeah. Keep your fucking O. Yeah. I, I think uh, animal labor, yes, we should continue with it. But you're right. They should get paid a decent wage um, and get decent lodgings. I think lodgings is key. If you're going to have monkeys working for you, give them a nice house where they can swing around. No cage, view, pool or something. Maybe the yeah, pool. swimming pool. Facilities. All that sort of jazz. Lady monkeys. A gym. Monkeys so they can fraternize, make more workers. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bratnars and <laughs> the stuff. It'd be like, you know, who'd be all about this? John C. Lilly, the, the float tank guy, who was like creating um, 
flooding houses uh, to live with dolphins. <laughs> so Remember, I've, told dolphins. That, I've told yeah. this so many times. I don't know why it intrigues me so much, but a friend reminded me that the dolphin that started a sexual relationship with a lady who was sharing a house with it because the house was half flooded, um, when the experiment was finished and the lady left the house, the, the dolphin actually committed suicide. Like it drowned itself because it was so depressed that it no longer got to bone the cute lady, the cute yeah. science lady. I think that's dolphins oh. deep <laughs> down want to be with humans. Has anyone, like, can, yeah. can you, like, what, there's animals that can crossbreed, like you can have a horse and a, and a donkey to get a mule. Donkey, yeah. Yeah. So have we tried every combination with humans to see if it works? Um, I don't reckon they've needed to. I feel like once they decided that the the genes were, um, you know, not quite uh, close enough, that it probably won't work. Because pigs are pretty close to us. So you know, maybe I like. Maybe they haven't. Someone tried horses um, a few episodes ago, although they didn't because they used condoms. They did use condoms. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So maybe they were hadn't done, read the science. I think the they Germans might have tried it back it. in the um, the the Germans, the Nazis. The Nazis. Make, they tried oh, making man bear pigs, horse. weren't they? Ah, uh, making um, yeah, the centaurs. Cent- like Bojacks just walking around. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. I haven't tried any combinations other than Homo sapien, but we did breed with Neanderthals a fair bit. Yeah. Yep. That worked. That worked. Quite, quite well, apparently. Are you taking anything off the wood today? Tonight? Um, yeah, we've kind of done this episode backwards. That's I love right. It. Um, yeah, I've been smashing um, just, just export cans. The Tin Monster's back in town. There's a, he loves... He, it, the fridge isn't good enough for the Tin Monster. A true Tin Monster has his beers ice cold, so he gets the esky out and fills it with carton, cartons and then um, bungs ice over it. So <laughs> I've, having, I've got cans i get home he's not in here and there's just like an esky full of beers and ice like in the lounge room it's fucking great so perfect go on you tin monster yeah tin monster living up to his name that's good absolutely absolutely um yeah so just to export you're gonna have to branch out at some point and and try new beer because um we're kind of missing out on this whole one off the wood podcast by not trying different beers off the wood it's like cooper's pale at this end and um in your yeah. export. Um, all right. Next episode, I I will have a new beer for Perfect. you. Perfect. Um, I am not deliberately doing Dry July, but I have mm-hmm. accidentally been doing it. So okay. I ha- eight days in. Eight days in. Um, so I've, I've got a peppermint tea, but I've got the lion's mane. I, I just up updated the um the life cycle order and just got some more lion's mane. So I'm, I'm on the mushies. No nice. booze. Nice. So I don't know. I'll see if um, I get through July, but it's like a half-assed attempt. I'm not really trying. If something pops up, I'll probably have a few beers. Fair enough. I had a bit of a um, a rethink on the, the mushies and the way I was taking them because originally I was doing like, you know, one or two drips a day sort of thing and then I would take the lion's mane before work so I'd have the weekend off and then a reishi to, to chill out like a few different ones. But then I've decided... I'm gonna use it kind of like a Dexy, like go go hard on it when I need to. Yeah. So like go go five or six drops of the lion's mane and like see if I can get a real kick out of it, like a short term kick out of it, not not the long term benefit. I th- it'd be worth That's just trying I mean. once to have like have a shitload of it of 
and just yeah. say, does it do anything? I reckon the Rishi would make you sleepy. I don't know See, if the yeah, linesman yeah. would do much. Maybe the cordyceps Ooh. would. They're supposed to boost yeah. your energy a bit more. I think linesman's more of a long game. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I, I kind of did it before um, work on the Monday, and I actually felt amazing at work, and I think that was just the whole refresh after, you know, 10 days off. Yeah. So I think, like, I was on point. It was really good. Was, instead of feeling lethargic, like, even though I was tired physically, I was just, I was on point. It was, yeah, it was really good. So you're, gonna, so, you're going macro-dosing rather than the micro-dosing. Yeah, because I feel like it's already a micro-dose, and, and San's having lion's mane around to eat just gonna go hard I don't know if lion's mane tastes very good I've never seen it in real life in the flesh oh actually this mm. this reminds me I saw oh, there's a movie you can watch I brought it up with the life cycle guy but I don't think you want to talk about it because it was a lot of psychedelic mushroom talk but there's a movie out you gotta go to the website to buy it it's called Fantastic Fungi but the the camera shots of mushrooms growing and the computer animated of the mycelium under the earth, yeah, fucking looks epic. It's not a bad okay. movie either. It's all about the um, medicinal purposes of all different types of mushrooms. But the yeah, the footage is full on. It's called. What? Did you buy? It? I rented it. It cost me eight dollars to rent for three days, so it's it's expired now. But do yourself okay. a favor. Yeah, settle in and um, on a Saturday night or something, watch that. Fantastic fungi. Yeah, I'll, I'll get around that. I bought that surf movie from down um, the bloke in Mars. Oh, yeah. The, the one with the, the, the bitumen that your band's got yep, tunes yep, on. Yep. It was really good. It was good for frothing down in I Mars. I think if you, anyway, if you surf in that area, then you'll froth on that movie because you get to see all the spots. Yeah. It's pretty young. Uh, what was it called? No Name. No, no Name. name. Yeah. Yeah, the internet's fucked it um, today. Dodo's cooked it. Dodo's kicked the bucket um, for the second time in history. So I might have to get around. Um, no, no, I was thinking what movies I've got access to on a laptop without the internet, without my 5G, mate. I'm cooked. I'm in a dark, living you in don't, the dark age. It must be a hard drive floating around somewhere with all classics. There on is, it. yeah. Like I've, I've fished right one out the to... other day and it's got like Dope Youth and all the old surf movies oh. on it. Shit, yeah. I'll have to have a dig into that to have a little look. Um, Fuck yeah. Absolutely for sure. We don't need the internet um, anymore to do podcasts. We've got new technology that we've invented. We're evolving with the times. Yeah. Did, that we invented. Did we invent like, this? Well, we didn't My, invent I'm the telephone, but we've invented this way of working. I think yeah, it's good. Yeah, and it's good. I don't mind. Um, it's good to have a little visual and see what's going on because, you know, especially... COVID times, mate. Well, I can't believe that Melbourne's back into For lockdown. Like sake. it's kind of like a bit. I'm almost a bit jealous because I know I'd be back down in Margs again. But then at the same time, I'm like, fuck, this can't go on forever. Uh, selfishly, so, right? I don't have any grandparents left on the earth, so I'm a hundred percent behind letting it run through the pop population because yep. it's not going to affect my the elderly in my family. Yeah. What do you think about I, that? Uh, <laughs> I be I preached the same thing. Like I can't believe we're on the same side here. My parents were pretty off it though because they're reaching the vulnerable oh, stage, yeah. and they're like, yep. and I was like, oh, I said, take one for the team, you know, mum. We can't take one for yeah. My mum's gonna live forever. She's a freak. Yeah, Pete's, Robin will Pete's be fine. Not so, not so keen. But like I just yeah, I I believe exactly the same thing. I reckon we should just let it go. 
through the community. We're not, we're actually in trouble in WA because we don't have any community immunity. Like there's nothing, no <laughs> community, one's Community immunity, there's so. a wrap in there. You... Is there? <laughs> uh, but like at all, because we haven't had it. And you look at places like we've had, Melbourne's got a couple of hundred cases nah, now. There's, oh, there's shit, no community immunity anywhere in Australia. WA, uh, nah. there's no 8,000 people. There's fucking 27 million of us here, so... Yeah, we've had no cases. So, like, the UK and the US, yeah, people are dying, but we missed the whole front-end wave. We missed the whole, oh, we don't have respirators. We don't know how to handle it. Like, we've learned enough. Yeah. We know what's going on. Just get this shit out there. Like, Hydroxychloroquine, mate, apparently it works. Oh, no, I, yeah, little injector, little... Because um, otherwise this shit just goes on and on. on. When does it stop? When does it stop? Like, we've locked the place down for a couple of hundred cases in Melbourne. Like, it's actually going to fuck so much more. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm completely on board. Did you see like, this, a couple of guys that have a podcast? They're on the Rogan sometimes. It's um, fucking Brendan Shaw and um, the other bloke. They've got the Fighter and the Kid podcast. Have you seen that yeah. podcast? No. Anyway, no. they talk sports and talk shit. Brian Callan and Brendan Shaw. Anyway, they talk shit about corona being bullshit, shouldn't be locked down, I'm getting out there. If you wear masks, you're a pussy, blah, blah, blah. We're going on tour. So they went yeah. on stand-up tour and both got coronavirus. <laughs> but then they were both fine well, like, as well. So they're like, look, yeah. we we played it down and we've got it and we're fine. So, What was the stats? So like we know how to contain it, right? We know social distancing and all those things. If you stick to it 100%, which I understand some people can't, then you're not going to get it. Perfect. But it's the same thing with AIDS, right? They know... What leads to, is it what the HIV virus leads to AIDS? So HIV virus, to prevent it, you don't use share needles and you have safe sex. Yep. And yet 1.7 million people contracted HIV last year. 1.7 million people. Really? Where? In the world, 1.7 million people still got it. We know how to avoid it. It's out there. Everyone's aware of it. You know if you're in a high-risk category, yet people are still getting it and passing it around. And, like, I bet... I'd love to say how many people have got AIDS in Australia or have contracted it. Probably not that many, not but many. probably more than coronavirus. Yeah, but you can't get it being a lift with someone either. Well, you can, but it's an interesting lift ride if you catch AIDS. Well, that's one point. Like, that's the thing with... <laughs> it's fucking very interesting. With AIDS, like, it's... it. You know exactly the activities, so it's easier to avoid getting AIDS yet 1.7 million people got it choose to get stats, it stats mate stats like almost chose to get it I was it. in a lift today and the sign specifically said on the lift this is in the city uh, one person only due to coronavirus and then another person got in the lift with me you're telling the fuck off no I didn't care because <laughs> you're not a pussy because I'm right? not a pussy that's right I didn't wear a mask and I got in a lift with someone else well he got in the lift with me and I got AIDS somehow. Like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no one coughed on each no. other. As long as we keep doing it doggy That's style, right. then it'll be fine. No mouth to mouth. No. Don't don't look at your assaulter or assault e. Oh, yeah. Anyway. I don't know. It's a it's a touchy subject, but I think I think so you're somewhere in the ranting. Uh, there. There's a good do? point around learning more about it and learning to live with it rather than you know just relying. On some sort of yeah big. Like, fix. Can you imagine if this like, if if this was if Wim Hof method like if it was breathing was the thing like eat oranges and like breathe through. No it one and would you're fucking fine. do it. 
no one would fucking do it. But can you imagine if that was the secret? And it's like almost. It is. I'd, I'd put my money on it that. It is the like, secret. Because 99% of people that get it fight it off with their immune system. So having a strong immune system is the secret. How do you get that? Eating oranges, Wim Hof breathing, don't smoke cigarettes, don't drink too much piss, exercise. Keep the rig guessing. Yeah. Keep the rig guessing. But you don't want to keep the rig guessing too much because like a bender, will, it will keep the rig guessing, but you'll also get sick straight after it. Yeah, but that's what a bender is. There's no... There's, <laughs> the body's only guessing when it's going to end. Yeah. Like, ha not today. <laughs> Here we go. Um, yeah, no, look, a bender, obviously, it's no good. But we know that. It's just surprise the rig every now and then, you know? Drink a cup of tea instead of a cup of coffee. Just like, I don't know, go and eat anchovies or something. Try different foods. Hey, don't get a peanut allergy. Don't get a peanut allergy. Jim Jeffries, have a listen to his uh, new special. He talks about peanut allergies as well. Uh, it's good. not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I'll have to. Um, I'll have to give it a listen then. Um, should we wind this thing up, mate? We've been rolling for yes, some we time should. now. So, um, what's got you frothing this week? We have really not stuck to the plan. I was going to do some housekeeping. <laughs> I was going to. I wrote it down. I was going to uh, say how good was mate. the Pierce Brothers. We said that. I was going to remind yeah. people to buy t-shirts and stubby holders. Go to our Instagram, link in the bio. bio. We've still got some T-shirts left. We've sold out of all the triple XLs. <laughs> <laughs> the three times. Yeah, 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 I just reordered gone. one more. So uh, I think it was Brett. It's on its way. Sorry for the delay. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram, at One Off The Wood. Don't forget. Yeah, tag those stories at One Off the Wood so that we, we get them. I don't get the hashtags as much. Tag us in the so, stories yeah. when you're having one off the wood and it, it's going to be tough down in Melbourne. But like the the old tag us in the one off the wood went very quiet uh, over the lockdown, but it's starting to come back. So we want to see see it. I was thinking we, we should almost do a, a giveaway maybe this weekend or next weekend. Throw it on the Insta. Yep. So t- Someone in Melbourne. Yeah, tag us in your, in your one off the wood We'll shoot out some stickers, yeah, and maybe up. shoot even yeah. out a t-shirt to the to the best one. But Oof. let's uh, let's figure that out, and we'll put it on Instagram. But the other thing was yep. just if you're on your podcast app, subscribe, rate, review, so that um, yeah, I don't know why. Honest reviews. We don't want five stars. Well, I mean, obviously, I think that helps. I prefer five star review, kicks. but honest blurb. Uh, yes. So that way we get the yeah. benefit of saying, oh, thank you, we get the five stars, but then you can call out everything you hate about us in the in the blurb. And that yeah. way it's, everyone Perfect. wins. You get it off your chest, we still get the five-star rating. Grouse. Grouse. Um, and my frothing, mate, was covered as well. I, the Dorney session, like getting up, putting in the hours, surfing, surfing five to six foot red bluff by yourself in desert. Scary. It's fucking... It's scary, but it's nuts. Like that is, is it, that doesn't get you frothing, mate. You're not alive. You need to fucking check, check your, pulse. your pulse, mate. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, d- I surfed the Dorney this morning here in Sydney. Uh, a few people out? No, it was pretty quiet because it was raining uh, and it was a little bit onshore, but it was plenty of swell. But it was like this crazy sunrise. Like it looked like because of the rain, yeah, it looked like the sky was like literally on fire. So it was well worth it just for that. Sick. That's actually Grass what's times. got me frothing. Paddling out with the sunrise this morning. Yeah. Meh. 
<laughs> hey, um, for a tune, you asked me if there was a tune of the trip. Last year, it was Toto Africa by Mile yep. like, was the tune of the trip. But I cooked it this year. I I um, downloaded a bunch of podcasts but forgot to download Spotify before we rolled in. Ooh. So there were minimal tunes. We pretty much had the one off the wood playlist. Um, again, on Spotify, the one off the wood, any of the songs that we play on the episodes uh, are on this playlist. So um, give that a spin. It's actually pretty sick little place yeah, it's, like, and it's getting it's bigger each, obviously uh, yeah. each episode i was looking at the other day um, we've got there are a few people getting around it um yeah it's it's good though it's actually really good so uh it couldn't have been one of those songs but when i was surfing and like climbing up to see the goat people and around like this the one song kept popping into my head for some reason like i was singing some weird songs but this um that queens of the stone age song little sister kept popping into my head because one of the best road trips that you and I have ever shared, which wasn't barely a road trip because it was like five weeks living in a fucking motorhome, living off zero budget and <laughs> zero dollars, <laughs> Classic 10 people in a motorhome for five weeks, 10 people in a motorhome with two CDs for five weeks. And we just, of those two CDs, there was only a couple of songs we liked on each. So it was just solid rotation, like having a um, I don't know, running an, an old record player or something, just constantly flipping them. But the song, yeah, Queens of the Stone Age, Little Sister, man, it just like, it gets, it's the right, I don't know, there's something about it just really matched the mood this year. Like a, Fuck yeah, all right. Yeah. A little bit of anger, a little bit of angst, but like a lot of froth in there. Like, I don't know, something about it. That's my tune, so I'm actually, I'm I'm amped now. I'm like, I'm getting real buzzy to listen I'm to it. to hear so, it as well. Yeah. We should spin that. We'll spin and it. And then, um, all right. Well, you, you put it on, I mate. Will. Thanks for the chin wag. Thanks for the froths. And bloody, um, I'll have a new beer for you next time. Fucking oath. Here it is then. All right. Quatsa. Haru. Quatsa. Little sister. Huru.